This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. A number of bills have been introduced or passed in the legislature this session, but one has a provision about information. We want to make certain that that woman has all the information that she should have and also have access to resources to help. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. Spirit Airlines will stop service to West Virginia International Yeager Airport in May. WVPB's Caroline McGregor has more. The surprise announcement that the budget airline plans to end service from Yeager to Orlando International Airport on May 4th caught airport officials off guard. Paige Withrow, Chief Marketing Officer for West Virginia International Airport, said they were informed Wednesday that while flights to Orlando have been performing exceptionally well, other industry challenges are affecting the airline. The past service to Myrtle Beach International Airport has historically been successful, but the airline reports that they're facing operational issues as well as airspace constraints in Florida due to the Jacksonville Air Traffic Control Center. Spirit Airlines will issue a notice of cancellation to ticketed passengers who have booked flights after May 4th. Customers are advised to contact the airline directly. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Caroline McGregor. Work on a veterans nursing home in Beckley is set to begin. As Shepard Snyder reports, it's the second of its kind in the state. Initial funding for the 120-bed facility was awarded in 2021, with more money from the state's general budget going towards the project last year. The home is set to be built on a 12-acre plot of land next to the Jackie Withrow Hospital. Governor Jim Justice announced design and engineering work would begin on the project during his regular briefing Thursday. We should be proud, proud, proud of who we are as West Virginians and the contribution that all of us have made, or all the great folks in the military have made, to, to make this nation what it is today. Of the beds available, 20 will go towards nursing veterans with Alzheimer's or dementia. There is currently one other veterans nursing facility in Clarksburg. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Shepard Snyder in Martinsburg. The Senate Health and Human Resources Committee took up a bill Thursday to ban gender-affirming health care for transgender minors. The House passed House Bill 2007 last month. During a public hearing on the bill in the House chamber last month, all but two of dozens of speakers opposed it. The Senate Health Committee heard from an expert witness, Casey Kidd, a doctor at West Virginia University who provides gender-affirming care. Though Kidd urged lawmakers to vote against House Bill 2007, the committee approved it and sent it to the Senate Judiciary Committee. A similar bill in Kentucky was approved by that state's House on Thursday. With West Virginia's abortion ban clarified and solidified in state code by recent legislation, for the legislature today, Appalachia Health News reporter Emily Rice spoke with Senator Patricia Rucker, a Republican from Jefferson County, and Delegate Rick Griffith, a Democrat from Wayne County, about women's and maternal health in West Virginia. I wanted to start a little bit zoomed out, if we could, um, for one of Delegate Griffith's bills here that made some movement today. That's going to be 2075 
to provide a means to classify when medications should be continued or stopped for patients. What can you tell me about that bill? I'm a pharmacist and I've observed for many years a problem with the discontinuation of medicines by a physician and also by the misunderstanding that patients have for the intended use of the medicine. So this bill would address both of, both of those issues. What often happens with a patient is they will attend a session with their doctor and be told to discontinue a particular medicine. Well, many times they're elderly. Sometimes they, they don't remember that. They don't understand the generic names and other factors. And so what my bill would require is for the physician to contact the pharmacy of the patient to tell them what has been discontinued and what is to be continued. Because what often happens is patients will go to the doctor, have a medicine discontinued and maybe one added. The pharmacy's not aware of that factor, but then what occurs is three weeks to a month later, they'll call their store and say, fill all my medicines. Well, we do. And one of them was supposed to be discontinued. It might have been communicated to the patient, but not to the pharmacy. So the first aspect is to require the prescriber to notify the pharmacy so they can take it off of their profile and not accidentally fill it. The second aspect of it is something that I've observed many years also, and that is that people don't understand what their medicines are. It says take one daily, and then there'll be a long generic name like hydrochlorothiazide, and they don't know what that means. And so they have similar looking and similar sized medicines, and they get them confused. One incident that happened in particular, to my experience, was a lady who was actually poisoning herself accidentally because she thought she was taking her antihistamine. It was not. It was her heart medicine, and she was doubling the dose because it wasn't clearing up her congestion. Had on the prescription label, the doctor included in the instructions, take one daily for heart and for the other medicine, take one daily for allergy, that wouldn't have happened. Which is particularly important with seniors and early onset Alzheimer's patients. And so while we've got you know, a pharmacist here and someone on the front lines of a lot of legislation dealing with the fact um, I'll go ahead and bring up the lawsuit with uh, Gen Biopro against the state for Mifeprestone. Uh, that's going to be the two-pill medical abortion pill. Um, what can you tell me about that in the midst of legislating? I'll ask you, Senator Rucker, um, and then you can also chime in, obviously, to explain the medication. But what is it like legislating around those you know, federal-level lawsuits that are going on? So obviously we do not interfere. When there's a lawsuit, we try to you know, pretty much stay away from um, that. But when it comes to uh, what we did in the legislature this uh, session, it was essentially just language clarifying and returning what we already had before. So it wasn't new. And that language is about a patient's right to know. So their right to know about the medication and the side effects and the possibilities of reversal if they change it. But the whole point is just knowledge. And that's all that we were doing. Absolutely. And that was um, Senate Bill 552, the woman's right to know. And that got some uh, discussion within the chamber yesterday, and I think you made an excellent point at the end. Um, if you could speak to that just a little further and 
I think you mentioned uh, wrapping women in information. If you could speak to that bill a little bit further. Sure, thank you very much. Um, yes, obviously this is a very sensitive issue for women. Um, no matter what the situation may be where um, she was raped or a victim of incest or the child has been found to have a fetal anomaly or something that is clear it's going to not survive um, past birth. Whatever those reasons are, we want to make certain that that woman has all the information that she should have and also have access to resources to help, counseling, support services. Um, and because every single situation is unique, we just want to make certain that they have the maximum amount of information and the maximum amount of resources and they choose how much you know, what they want to reach out, what they need for help and support. And so our role is to just make certain that that woman has everything that could possibly help and support her in her decision and afterwards in dealing with um, what occurred. So um, I really think that that's just super important and um, may actually um, help their mental health for the future. That was Senator Patricia Rucker and Delegate Rick Griffith speaking with Emily Rice for the legislature today. To hear the rest of that interview, visit our website at wvpublic.org. Tune in every evening, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. on radio and television to get updates on the legislative session. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 753. Breezy with rain today. Freezing rain, sleet, and snow possible in the Potomac Highlands and Eastern Mountains. There's an ice storm warning in parts of Mineral County. Afternoon thunderstorms with heavy rain and gusty wind. Highs ranging in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Support for WVPB is provided by The Bad Apple, a Prohibition-era dining establishment serving cocktails from local distilleries. Located on historic Doe Creek Farm in Giles County, Virginia. BadAppleBarn.com Joined by the Mountain Stage Band, singer-songwriter and producer Maya Sharp has our Mountain Stage Song of the Week, Whatever We Are. It's a lament that appears originally on her recent album, Mercury Rising. Never again, or just not today, the first of our kind or the oldest cliché. Or missed it by far I love you Whatever we are Kicking a habit Or up in the dose Two airplanes flying Uncomfortably close Leftover light from a long gone star. I love you, whatever.
Maya Sharp performing Whatever We Are on the Mountain Stage. To hear the full performance and more, tune in Saturdays at 6 and Sundays at noon right here on West Virginia Public Broadcasting. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. Appalachia Health News is a project of West Virginia Public Broadcasting with support from Charleston Area Medical Center and Marshall Health. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, Randy Yowie, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas 
Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.